You are listening to The Derek Palaze Show. Hopping right into the next part of the brand triangle, we are talking about brands who are fantastic at getting forward-facing attention, but that doesn't necessarily translate into transactions and overall authority and mind share in an industry. So we are going to talk about AB adjacent, AC adjacent, and how to create brand advocates and not just get attention. Welcome everybody back into the Derek Pause show. Today we are going to do a continuation of the brand triangle from my latest book in collaboration with Sacred Media House and Impact University called The Digital Tabernacle, The Ultimate Guide to Scaling, Advertising and Positioning a Christian Organization in a Digital Age. So if you listen to yesterday's podcast, we did an overview of what a dominant face on the brand triangle is. In other words, what is the the superpower and the strength of a brand and how do we classify that into different parts of the funnel and what behavioral attributes contribute to that both on the brand forward facing side as well as how a consumer pays that brand back based off of how they position themselves with what we consider consumer Currencies. So as a refresher, consumer currencies are attention, consumer currencies are behavior, and consumer currencies are conscious, right? So you have to the have to have the ability to gain and garner attention. You have to have the ability to invoke that behavior out of your audience and overall gain the mind share in the complete conscious of an audience so you can reach places that no advertising and marketing budget could possibly reach. It requires fantastic positioning and marketing. So let's focus on brands that have that A dominant face, but potentially a B adjacent face, which means they have good transactional value or a C adjacent face, which means they have prehistoric uh, not prehistoric, they're not dinosaurs, but historic relevance and authority and or current relevance and authority. And that's been able to translate and go from there. So let's start with an A dominant face, an attention dominant face with a B adjacent, a behavioral adjacent. So what we're going to do as we cover the A, B uh, is start with a superpower, a weakness, uh, their common mistakes and fruitful opportunities. So every dominant and adjacent brand triangle face that we talk about is going to have those four sections. What are they amazing at? What are they struggling at? What are their common mistakes? And what are their fruitful opportunities? So with a attention dominant and behavior adjacent on the brand triangle with a C, a conscious being their brand gap, and there's going to be visuals of this so you guys can see and follow along as well. Um, their superpower is that these brands and organizations are the loudest and most evangelistic in nature, right? They are great at creating endless topics, ideas, content, events, networks, and connections that ultimately drive attention and moreover converts that attention into qualified leads, members, and audiences. And remember, we talk a lot about how there's a difference between marketing qualified leads and sales qualified leads. There's a lot of people who can garner a ton of attention and they can actually translate that attention into certain transactions. However, they struggle with core products or pushing attention into higher ticket items and expanding their offerings and ability to go deeper with an audience. So depending on which side you lean on, you may be better at acquiring marketing qualified leads versus acquiring sales qualified leads. And ultimately, if you need something seen, heard, 
felt or experienced, these are the brands and organizations that know how to do it. Your attention dominant with a behavioral adjacent, which means they garner that attention and they turn it into marketing and sales qualified leads. And that's their superpower. Um, their weaknesses, right? So these brands often struggle to strive after an initial relevance or excitement of a moment or an opportunity. This can be partially due to the fact that they haven't thoroughly strategized a product or service or an offering before it dropped because, you know, after all, they were just trying to uh, get attention around the idea in hopes that they could sell something. So where they are strong in numbers, right, forward-facing numbers, forward-facing attention, they are weak in operations, duplicating their leaders' communication strengths, systems and processes, and consistency. They often confuse consistency with being relentless in that they are relentless in their pursuits to a fault, regardless of what it takes, which can actually cause a lot of micro detours. Um, but in their mind, they know that they lack actual consistency. So a lot of times what that looks like is very scrappy entrepreneurs, people who are willing to do whatever it takes, adjust in whatever direction that they need to come up with any campaign, any messaging, any uh, faux inspiration from the Lord to position something and ultimately sell a product. And there's a lot of these types of people out there, whereas they know internally that the key to their next level of success in brand and organizational growth is actually through their ability to replicate themselves and leaders and all of that kind of stuff. So they know that they lack consistently, uh, or I'm sorry, consistency ultimately in their brand and organization. So due to the nimble nature and the scrappy and dynamic nature of this brand and organization and their strong ability to communicate ideas, they're able to make, you know, multiple mistakes that look like calculated decisions. And they do this by connecting ideas after something is already working. So you see a lot of uh, quick start entrepreneurs do this uh, where they will scramble, scramble, squirm, adjust, squirm, revise, all of that kind of stuff. And then after something works, they go back and they storytell as if there was always a cohesive glue in between everything that they're doing. And that's often not the case. Um, so A, B uh, um, brands on the brand triangle, those are their superpowers and their weaknesses. So you might be thinking, okay, if I'm an A, B, that sounds a whole lot like me. I can, you know, get 100K on uh, TikTok. I can get you know, 10, 20, 30K on Instagram, you know, people have an image of me of a certain prestige or my name or my legacy or the building of my foundation or whatever it is. So what mistakes am I making? What opportunities do I have? Well, we are about to hop into that right now. So the common mistakes that these AB brands often make is that they think that they're bigger than they actually are. You know, they're fooled by the public buy-in that they have, and they're unaware of how an audience's knowledge and buying power changes over time. You know, I've worked with a lot of organizations who are AB brands, and because they've had early success or they're good at launching an initial campaign, they truly believe um, or they're oblivious or naive to the fact that audiences, attention, buying power, maturity, desires, interests, education levels, it all changes over time. And sometimes you're a part of that. Sometimes it's through uh, outside sources, um, places that are already having their attention and influence. And those things change where they spend their money and where they give their attention to or where they spend ultimately ultimately their quote unquote consumer currencies. Another mistake that they often make is they they start moving too slow to go all in on a strategy. 
Um, they they struggle with like that initial strategic thinking through a moment before they implement something. Um, and they go way too hard in certain directions once they actually make a decision. So slow to make a decision, slow, 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 slow. And then all of a sudden they're all in on a decision, whether it works or not. So high risk, high reward is often the name of their game. Uh, number three, they blindly believe that current spikes in growth, giving, engagement, and sales, et cetera, are all the time types of things and they don't plan for off season. So I literally hear on podcasts all the time uh, of entrepreneurs who are AB brands. Oh, this campaign went amazing. We had super uh, uh, astronomical levels of growth. And then all of a sudden it all tapered off and we didn't plan for it. You know, and that's just part of entrepreneurship. That's just part of owning a business. Boom, boom, boom. The actual story behind those things is that they thought it was going to be an all the time thing, right? They thought that, you know, those levels of launching and growing a thing were going to be, you know, at least 360 out of 365 days a year, um, you know, aside from when they're not focused at their uh, computer. So often they overstaff, they set up unattainable unobtainable goals um, and they recreate the same thing in many different ways versus making the current thing more sophisticated. I'm going to say that again. They recreate the same thing in many different ways instead of making the current thing more sophisticated. So they're starting a lot of things and not finishing them. And their biggest common mistake is that they're becoming blind to public perception that they uh, disregard reality, right? Because you can create an entrepreneurial or a business world where you think you are the king. You think you are the God presence. You think you are the best thing since sliced bread in that category, not realizing that, again, the whole premise of this podcast, there is nothing new under the sun. So you may have a new innovation, a new way of connecting that specific item or uh, solution or innovation, but there is at least hundreds of other people doing something similar with different partners and different uh, sets of employees or different platforms in the same industry. They may just not have the same components as you, um, whereas they do have other components that are different than yours. So what is the AB brand's uh, fruitful opportunities if they're going to move towards a healthy version of being an AB? Um, well, if they can stay nimble and lean, they can often have a high profit or cash on hand for other initiatives or other ministerial efforts, um, other giving efforts, other project efforts, foundation efforts. Um, so the problem is, you know, like we talked in their common mistakes, they usually overstaff because it looks good to have a you know, a strong team. It looks good to have multiple hands on deck, but when you have a lot of hands on deck, that's a lot of overhead costs, including software, including people, including education and training time, including, uh, you know, uh, hidden costs and opportunity costs, things that you could be doing if you weren't focusing on the wrong things. So if they can stay nimble and lean, they can bypass all of this and actually have a lot of cash on hand for the dry seasons, for the seasons where they need to be investing in order to reach that next level. Number two, the next fruitful opportunity is reproducing themselves in other multidisciplinary talent. I was just talking to a client today. Um, I'm going to, you know, like Rodrigo and Apostle have always taught people in our circle, you know, leave it nameless to protect the guilty. Um, where he used to work as a personality at one of the most recognized, uh, you know, brand houses in the, the world. Um, at least in that space. Right. And he's working with us uh, to do multiple things. And what's interesting about it is I was communicating to him, hey, if you're going to hire this internally, you know, one off per individual, you're going to have to compartmentalize or silos those set of skills 
in each individual because there's very few people who can do that as you know a multidisciplinary focus um, across multiple areas of advertising, marketing, and media that aren't already scooped up by other people. So one of the things that you can easily do is just watch our house do it for you know two, three, four, five months and slowly start training your team on being multidisciplinary so that way you can reproduce your attributes and vision as a leader because it's not gonna be easy to just contract these moments out at the lowest cost possible. If you're going to build a team, you're going to have to invest your time, your resources, your attention in a way that's probably very uncomfortable and stretching in a very new wineskin type of way in order to reproduce yourself and other multidisciplinary talent. Multidisciplinary talent type of people do not just sprout up out of the ground. You have to water, you have to nurture, you have to teach, train, exhort, all of those things in order to get to those places. Number three. Another fruitful opportunity for an AP brand is building earth shifting frameworks that they can pair with their ability to promote and engage. Often because AB brands are moving so fast, they forget to framework, to document, to system and process, to essentially clearly put on paper how we got to this place. And once they start doing that, they forget to turn off their visionary brain and go into operator and administration mode. So you have to be careful when you're building a framework and evaluating how did we get here, turn off the visionary so that way you can reproduce this stuff and make sure that it's a growing and scaling thing. Uh, number four, they use or they can use high cash and transactional moments to fund new vision and growth. Um, so rather than taking high cash moments to you know, invest into things that don't have a direct path to additional cash or monthly recurring revenue or anything like that. Um, use those high cash moments and those transactional moments to do that or to even diversify into other industries, um, um, purchase assets, all of that kind of stuff. And then finally, establish authority to attract and de develop a new roster of leaders and personalities. One of the biggest mistakes that I see, which could be a fruitful opportunity for AB type of brands, is that they think that everything and all things have to flow through them externally, perception wise and internally operationally. So it's 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 a hard pill to swallow. But if you are an AB brand, you have to establish your authority in order to attract new people, a new roster of leaders, a new roster of personalities. Everything can't be you. It just can't. It can have your name on it, but it can't be you. So in order to do that, you're going to have to be have authority in a way to where you attract other people because how you market to the general population and how you market in a way to establish a brand and attract other leaders who can, you know, going back up the fruitful opportunity list, you can reproduce yourself in them. That That's going to take some time, focus, and attention. So oftentimes these people bypass their personal brands and let it sit on the shelf for literally months and quarters and years, not realizing that they're going to need that authority in order to attract more leaders and personalities. So that was the AB brand, right? That was the attention dominant behavior adjacent brand, which means C conscious was their brand gap. Now we're moving to an attention dominant with a conscious adjacent, which means they're good at mindshare. They have authority. This was Apostle John Eckert before I came into relationship with Rodrigo and we started establishing that transactional presence and value. So a AC, think of Apostle John Eckert, his evolution into the digital space over the last two, three, four years.
the superpower of the AC brand. AC brand and organizations sh share very similar strengths to the AB, the one we just talked about, but often have stronger branding, creative, and communication skills. Where the AB taps out in creativity, the AC begins. They can create over-indexed demand around anything and promote almost any type of product, service, or content. They have massive public notoriety, and it shows in their platform numbers and their engagement ratios on their content. AB, the brand, the uh, brands we just talked about, they can create buzz, right? But ACs create movements. They can easily turn forward-facing attention into a level of brand advocacy that you rarely see. So when I met Apostle John Ecker, I was like, my goodness, you can just smell the historical re re uh, relevance. You can smell the authority. You can taste and see the works. You can taste and see the fruit. You can see the investments, the sowing, the reaping, the harvesting. You can see the nurturing, the team building. And what was so interesting about that is there weren't very many ways aside from purchasing the books and showing up to the events that you could really engage aside from sowing, you know, as a, you know, a tithe or a gift into the ministry to help him expand. So one of the first things that we focus on, Rodrigo and I, how do we fill that brand gap of B, behavior and add transactional presence to this AC brand that is Apostle John Eckert? So the weaknesses of that, we have to understand them in order to combat them and fill them in, right? So AC's weaknesses is that they often underestimate how much opportunity they are leaving on the table. They don't see their lack of transactional presence, uh, and they have so many ideas that it can cause brand confusion to the point where their most dedicated audience members don't know how to specifically interact with their brand. So they buy into everything and they just observe for the sake of value, which, you know, there's a ton of value there. Um, other brands that are in our circle that have a little bit of that AC presence would be somebody like uh, Sophia Ruffin, right? Um, I would say she has a little bit less of the C than Apostle John Eckert had uh, when we started working together, but she has a, a lot of that as well um, and has made astronomical leaps and bounds over the last um, you know year or two. And I'm super proud of her business acumen and, and the way that she moves and interacts with people. And God is blessing her heavily because of her faithfulness and stewardship of the gift and the people that she has. Um, so moving further down the weakness list of the AC, while that sounds like a good problem to have, right? Uh, essentially people buying anything from you for the sake of value. Um, ACs can struggle to fully commit to a certain direction because as soon as they pick a direction, all of their ideas sound good, right? Because I mean, it's, it feels like, it looks like, smells like everything is working. So often you can see these brands have way too much content series uh, to remember. You see them uh, having way too many product offerings to recall. The, a lot of brand confusion, right? They often confuse the results they have with the charisma that they carry. And they don't recognize that their ability to communicate could be resulting in five to 10 times what they are currently generating in results. So ultimately, these brands and organizations always seem like they're on the edge of going viral and blowing up in the digital space, right? Um, but it, it's never quite, it's like, burr, 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 burr. ignition, ignition. Oh my gosh, another big moment. And of course, the authority is there. Of course, the attention is, is there. But you want to see higher conversion rates. You want to see higher retention rates. And that's the ultimate goal. You know, one of the things that I say a lot is that the difference between a salesman, right? and a growing business is the ability to retain customers, right? You're just a salesman if you have to get on and 
QVC slash auction, whatever it is that you're doing. You are a true businessman or a true businesswoman if every time you show up with that transactional presence, you retain customers. Otherwise, you're just a salesperson. You're a spokesperson for what it is that you're doing, regardless of what product, service, or content it is that you're selling. So with an AC brand, what are the common mistakes and the fruitful opportunities? Well, let's start with common mistakes. Number one, not taking time to dissect why their forward-facing attention is working so well, right? So everything we just talked about, not taking time to evaluate that. Hence, the lack of understanding of how to translate that attention into real results in a consistent and repeatable way. A lot of times with AC brands, you see spike, valley, spike, valley. Now, their valley floor may not be as low as your typical brands that struggle to you know, generate revenue uh, overall. However, according to where they could be, it is a lot lower than it should be. And you shouldn't have that much variable success in peaks and valleys within your marketing and sales data. Um, number two, they're unaware that the forward facing attention won't always be at the same level and not fully maximizing or squeezing the rag dry on their current attention. This could be platform specific. This could be pre or post algorithm updates on platforms. This could be certain communication channels like email marketing or text messaging and what have you working in certain seasons and not working in other seasons because they have so much charisma and zeal and ability to communicate, they can forget that's not always going to exist. The marketing industry, the tech industry, the software industry, it's all changing and shifting, um, especially as younger generations come into buying power and coming to, to their ability to have a little bit more mature contribution to the marketplace. So you have to be aware of the fact that that same forward-facing attention and your ability to garner authority it may not always be there for that specific channel or for that specific uh, marketing initiative. So make sure you're fully maximizing the season by adding that transactional value, right? Number three, common mistakes for AC brands, letting people or opportunities come to them versus actively working on business development. So this is huge because these brands often have an immense amount of authority. People come to them. They get this on their door every day. Hello, can I work with you? Can I do this? Can I buy this? Can I partner with you? Can I manufacture this for you? They get that all of the time. So they start to get into a routine where it's like, oh, I'll just sift through the opportunities, be wise, be, you know, steward my opportunities. And what they forget is there's a whole other realm, whether you have the sales charisma or not, there's a whole other realm where offensive business development is going to take you to levels you can never imagine. Uh, number four, they're slow to trust things and people that are strong with infrastructure systems and processes, right? Because it can often sound like, ah, that sounds sludgy and slower than the way that I move. And there's, you know, things and people I have to talk to and so-and-so runs this and so-and-so runs that. I just don't know if that would work. Be open to systems and processes and infrastructures that already exist and don't always reinvent the wheel. You have the ability to innovate on the front end and establish authority, allow people who are a little bit more uh, for lack of better words, nerdy and engineerical, which is a completely made up word. Um, but people who are a little bit more analytical, right? Uh, engineer minded, math oriented, um, operationally oriented, administrative, allow those people to just infuse and birth those systems and processes inside of your flow, right? Um, next on the list, they can lack accountability and effective feedback to the team so these brands and leaders can quickly become the bottleneck to any organizational growth or setting of a foundation. 
And then finally, even though the content and promotions are great when they are released, there's a lack of a content editorial and a sales cadence for these brands and organizations. So oftentimes what these brands end up doing uh, is they have all of their attention effort, media distribution, advertising, marketing efforts, print and analog and digital material all around these hyper-focused moments somewhere between two to five times a year, not realizing that that daily drip and that daily having the faucets on is going to be a huge opportunity for them. So speaking of which, let's hop right into the fruitful opportunities for the AC brand. And that is going to be number one, redefining, repositioning, I'm sorry, say that again, redefining, repositioning, and fortifying your current product and service offerings. That way the messaging is strong and you're getting consistent conversions. So talking about filling in those uh, marketing and sales cadence gaps that we were just talking about. Establishing a reoccurring model to free up your time to create more content. A lot of times these people don't realize that those static one-off selling and marketing moments are a lot less of a locomotive than reoccurring models. So even though it may be a lower transactional value, that drip, that drip, that drip, that drip is going to keep you moving and make it hard for you to stop. It may be a little bit more sexier, if you will, to move at race car speed and have those really high peaks. But being a locomotive, name one thing that can stand in front of a train and not get completely obliterated right? So you have to be careful with the mindset there. Number three, re-releasing your strongest content flows is gated product offerings. So one of the best things you have is attention and authority. Use that. That is your surveying. That is your data mining. That is your evaluating. That is your go-to-market strategy. It's already pre-tested. That's your product testing right there. So Go ahead and re-release those strongest flows into more of a roadmap or curriculum base if you're into info chartering or into a product that supports the lifestyle of people who want to become like you. Add a little bit more infrastructure around it so that way it can become a gated flow for you and not just a viral topic, right? Um, next one, pairing your offline and tangible offerings with your digital offerings. Obviously, we're seeing a lot of this in the NFT space with real world utilities. You don't have to be in the NFT space to uh, pair those offline and those uh, analog um, moments with digital moments. The next thing, audience creation and segmentation to fill the top of your funnel. So a lot of times these AC brands sort of spray the wall like a shotgun or a machine gun versus being a little bit more accurate like a semi or a uh, sniper rifle, right? A semi-automatic or a sniper rifle. You want to be a little bit more pop, pop, pop pop, 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 instead of just spraying the wall. So one of the the one of the ways that you can do this is stop sending your messaging out to everybody for everything every time you have an idea. Use this audience over here. Segment this audience over here. Create this audience over here while you nurture this audience over here and sell to that other audience. While that audience is being sold to, make sure you have a content plan on the back end of it for the people who don't buy. Because if you're spending all of that marketing, time, attention, advertising, and dollars, you know, content creation, et cetera, into acquiring those sales and only 12% of them convert, what happens to the other 88%? Um, nothing if you don't have uh, an opposite but equal flow for those type of people, right? So make sure you're segmenting offers, segmenting content value, segmenting your ability to create additional sales moments. Um, moving right along to the last few fruitful opportunities for the AC brand, creating a content editorial that you stick with. 
emphasis on that you stick with. Because a lot of times these authoritative and uh, attention-focused brands, these AC brands, a lot of times with them, because they have authority, they can hop into any space. Oh, Clubhouse just launched. Oh, Twitter Spaces just launched. Oh, TikTok just launched. But then what you find is their content editorial is really inconsistent on these platforms. Show up really strong for a month or two. Where did they go, right? Oh, time to sell again back on these platforms. Be consistent with a content editorial, my friends. And then the last thing would be developing a sales cadence for consistently and strategically releasing your offers. If you know you have the authority to sell, leverage that. Leverage it, my friend, and leverage it by not always having to sell super strong during launch moment. Segment it a little bit, siphon it a little bit, compartmentalize it if you have to, and slowly roll them out. The way that we do this internally in our business is we divide everything by level one, level two, and level three. We understand that not every single campaign is going to be a fifty dollars to $100,000 campaign with a 90-day ramp-up period in order to launch it. Sometimes we just want to spend $10,000 to introduce a new ebook. Sometimes we just want to spend $2,000 to seed a new audience. Sometimes we only want to spend $1,000 to create the initial product, get a couple brand advocates, uh, harvest the testimonials out of them, and launch a brand new brand so we can dump some cash into establishing authority around a new brand. Be a little bit more strategic with your sales cadence so that way you're not always thinking that the next big thing is going to be the launch, which you've already done for that product, for that service, or for that set of content. So I know, I know, I know that this brand triangle stuff is heavy information. This is why you must purchase your copy of the Digital Tabernacle. This is all written out with charts. It's all written out with icons. It's all written out with color coordination so that way you can be fruitful in 2022. So I encourage you. Um, it's not up right now uh, on the filming of this podcast on January 10th. However, I encourage you to get in contact with us so that way when it does drop, you have first access to the copy of the Digital Tabernacle. And look out for when we start advertising this because the deals that we send for the initial launching of this is going to be exactly what I was just communicating at the end of that AC brand. We are going to seed it for all of the brand advocates, people who want to launch, grow, and scale their ministry in 2022. And you'll have a cost and a product offering that nobody else will get after the initial launch. So this has been the next episode of the Derek Palazze Show, covering the dominant and adjacent faces for the attention type brand. We will see you in the next podcast.